Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the Power, to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with
with envious eyes. Perception is the key, and the heart yeah. is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact The Secret Teachings, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. And check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info for the full list of radio shows, all of our shows going back as far as we've recorded them, along with my books, top news stories, and more, all at www.thesecretteachings.info. You can also find our montage section there on the website. Today is Monday, February 1st, 2021. I normally don't give out the date because I try to keep shows as timeless as possible. But I wanted to give out the date today because some of you probably noticed last week we didn't do a new show. And that is the first time in some time that we've had a little break from radio, although we did play rebroadcasts of the secret teachings here on the Fringe FM. Uh, and also, another by the way, you can go to fringe.fm or thefringe.fm for the full list of all of the radio shows and podcasts available through the Fringe, and you can download the Fringe FM app for free to listen to those shows on demand and check out some other features on the app as well. So last week we didn't have a new show, and that was because, well, there were a couple of reasons. The first reason was I was planning on doing a show, and toward the end of the weekend, I, uh, I just kind of got in this state of mind that I wanted to edit uh, or essentially rewrite, but edit mostly one of my uh, my books called The Technological Elixir. I think the name kind of says it all, uh, but the book The Technological Elixir, I, I wrote it a couple of years ago, and I never really got a good opportunity to go through and do a thorough edit of the book because all of these books uh, that I have, the three books that I've written, The Technological Elixir, Food Philosophy, and Occult Arcana, uh, are, had I had publishers for them, but it was there was an issue with the publisher because of uh, some legal things, and then I started publishing them myself, uh, and it became uh, more efficient, and I made more money from it, and it's helped to fund the show uh, in ways that I never thought. So I started doing the self publication, and so I'm doing everything. I do the edit, I do the the the. Uh, the, the, the text alignment, uh, it's a lot of stuff, it's a lot of work because these books are, are pretty big. Uh, Occult Arcane is like, I don't, I, mean, I don't know how many pages in 6 by 9 but in regular size computer paper, it's like 500-something pages. Uh, my book, the food, the food Philosophy book, is like 350, 400 pages, maybe it's over 400 or something. It, they're big books. And then the Technological Elixir, is just over 450 or somewhere around there. I'm not finished with the final draft yet for the second edition, but it's it's a big book. So it takes a long time to get through all that material. And, you know, if you sit there for hours and hours and hours and read and read and read like I do, you start to get kind of jumbled. And even if it's your writing, you start to make big mistakes. So you have to kind of take it one step at a time. So that's what I did last week. I took it one step at a time. 
editing this book, The Technological Elixir. The subtitle of the book is Black Goo, Transhumanism and Invoking Artificial Intelligence. And if you've got an old copy of this book, uh, the new edition is going to include uh, a number of different topics from COVID-19 technocracy to the subject of UFOs and UFO cults and an updated section on the music industry and the literal and metaphoric selling of one's soul to the devil and how that relates also to technology, to technocracy, to artificial intelligence, and to a post-human, transhumanist, authoritarian global government. So all of that is in the book, and uh, the text itself takes you from an introduction of terms, introduction of words and what they mean, like cyborg and AI, etc., artificial intelligence, it explains that technology is a tool and that it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it talks about how technology has been used and science has been used to degrade the human being, to degrade even animals, to degrade the natural world, to degrade the spirit, and to replace it with a synthetic spirit or a synthetic consciousness. In essence, replacing the organic world with a synthetic reality, overlaying a synthetic reality over top of the organic world, replacing organic life with synthetic life. We've seen that researchers at Harvard have had meetings, this was in mainline publications, about creating synthetic DNA. And so this is what the book talks about. I, I go through that, I go through synthetic life, and the replacement of God, the replacement of religion with science, and now science is being replaced by technocracy, which uses science, which is merely just an observation of an, 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 an analytical approach to understanding how things work. Uh, but it can be exploited, of course, for technocratic purposes or technocratic intentions, a, a, a government or a governing body, a group of people that rule through and with techno- uh, technology. It's called a technocracy. And so I call this the, the, the scientific elixir or the technological elixir, the elixir of life that gives us everlasting life, except this everlasting life is a fraud. It's, it's a promise that we will live forever in machines or merged with machines or assimilated with machines and artificial intelligence. But it's a world that this scenario is impossible to fully accomplish just based on philosophical terms, But when you look at the scientific applications of what people like Ray Kurzweil or Elon Musk and so many others have talked about, you can't upload consciousness into a computer. You can mimic it, but you can't upload it into a computer. So what they're uploading is basically your memories, which uh, according to publications like Smithsonian Magazine, uh, I think back in 2014, memories have been isolated. Memories can be implanted. Memories can be extracted. Uh, If you ever watched the show Fringe, the first episode of the show Fringe, not like the Fringe FM, uh, it was a, I think it was a Fox television show. The first episode of that show, it ended with um, uh, the statement about this dead individual and how they could perform an operation on them that would allow them to see the last thing that that person saw before they died. And th- that is the basis of the show. It's Fringe Science, where in other episodes they're able to extract parts of the brain where memories are stored so that they can remove the memories that they want to remove and implant other memories in an individual. And this is the, the mainline scientific uh, literature 
today. This is what is being done at universities. This is what is being done by governments, by government agencies more so. And this is the technological elixir promising us that we will have everlasting life. But before we even get to that promise, promising us that we will be superhuman. But before we even get to that promise, promising us that the technology will keep us safer. It'll keep our world more secure. And it'll be more entertaining, of course. So you go through this process of being told that things will be more secure, and yet there are data breaches virtually every day. The access to your information is is more wide open and more probable now than it ever has been. You know, the photos that you used to keep in a photo album were subject maybe to being lost or being, you know, maybe you got spilled water on them or something, or, you know, there was a fire and the pictures burned. But when you you compare that to putting those pictures on on a digital device, which, yeah, cameras are great, phones are great for this, but when you compare the two, access to that information on your phone is far more, far more likely to be hacked and subject to hacking or theft. And I'm not talking about pictures, but, you know, personal information, uh, very sensitive information, whatever it might be. It's much more sensitive. It's much more likely to be hacked and to be accessed than something in a photo album or something written down on a piece of paper. Obviously, I think we all recognize that. So the idea that technology in this regard makes life more, more safe, more secure, is a misnomer. It's erroneous. It's not true. In fact, it makes life more susceptible to those types of dangers. Well, if that doesn't sell you on the idea, or it maybe changes your idea and you don't like the idea of, of technology because of these dangers and high, you know, hijacking of your information, theft uh, of your information, um, or the acceptance of terms and services and the service agreements on applications and other devices like video game systems and phones that basically allow companies to take your information, trade it, sell it, give it away, whatever it, m- it might be. If you don't like that idea or that idea you know, maybe sounded good but now it doesn't sound so good, then you're promised that technology will be something that can make you superhuman, right? So you can become kind of like a cyborg, you know? You can get one of those robotic arms like in Star Wars. That's kind of cool, right? I mean, that's, that's the great thing about technology. I mean, prosthetics, that's technology. You know, having like, you know, a, a wooden leg or something that's made out of, you know, plastic. And as that advances, we turn it into robotics. And this is all great, but having a robotic arm or a robotic leg for someone who, you know, had, had their leg cut off or they lost an arm in war or whatever it might be in a car wreck, that technology is great, but there aren't many people that are utilizing it. However, that technology can be utilized to create super soldiers. It could be utilized to create things that are detrimental rather than beneficial to humanity, to human civilization, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So personally, you know, if I, if I lost, you know, an appendage, I, I would imagine that I would feel safer with something that was more plastic than something robotic, even though it might give you more range of motion, but that is something that can be hacked into. You know, we see Nest thermostats hacked into, temperatures raised and decreased. We see smart assistants hacked into, children's toys hacked into, phones hacked into, just like the promise of a safer, more secure world, and it doesn't bring us that with the, with the technology. Likewise, the technology is not going to make us superhuman. It's making us subhuman. We're losing the ability to communicate just through the, the simple applications that we use for communication. 
I can tell you that being on radio, you know, pretty much every day of my life, and then just taking last week off and, and coming back today, I, I was a little bit disoriented. I hadn't heard my, my voice through headphones in, well, in over a week. I haven't, you know, projected myself like this into a microphone for over a week. It sounded weird to, it sounded weird to me, you know? I, mean, I have the muscle memory, but it just kind of, I had to get back into it. So it's, it, 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 it can disassociate you from reality. That's not creating a, a, a superhuman. That's creating a subhuman. And it's slowly integrating humans into a, a, an augmented form of reality that, like organic life being replaced by synthetic life, augmented reality will be replaced by a virtual reality. And this is something that companies like Samsung, with their 6G, have already stated in white papers will become reality by 2030, where they will have holograms and digital replications of humans and places and different things in the real world, and it will be a virtual world that you plug into. And it's not so much a system of wires connected to the body, like the Neuralink system from Musk, or Elon Musk, as it is something where, as you upload more information into social media, into the internet, into DNA, ancestry, report services like 23andMe and all the others that are connected to Google and YouTube and Facebook and the Central Intelligence Agency and the NSA and GlaxoSmithKline and all these other pharmaceutical companies that take that information and they do experiments with it like the blood taken from babies at birth, you know, in the so-called floor sweeps. You know, you look at California, they take blood from babies, put it in a biobank and then sell it, give it away and uh, do experiments with it without the consent of the parents because you were opted into it. You didn't know. You had to opt out of it. And just like with blood sampling at the hospital when a baby's born, technology likewise has become the same thing. We're opted into this and we don't really even have an option. There's no legal form. There's no paperwork to fill out to opt out of it. It's just an incremental approach that the more we, we resist it, the harder it becomes to function in daily life, in society. And so if you're not convinced that technology is providing a, a more safe and secure system, which is not, in some ways perhaps, but in other ways it's, it's worse for security and privacy, and, and, if you, and if you do or don't, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but if you do or don't think, you know, that, that this technological elixir is, let's say you don't think it's providing you know, for better security, so you're promised it'll make us superhuman, and you don't really believe it'll make us superhuman. So the end game is, well, we already live in this virtual simulation. You've got Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and billionaire elitists and scientists that have said for years that we live in a computer simulation already. And I think that idea has been hijacked by others with, I would call them nefarious agendas, or at least misguided agendas, to convince us that we already live in a simulation in order to acquire the conscious acquiescence, acceptance, and approval that it's okay to continue to build this technological elixir system, if you will, it's granting permission to do it. It's like when Bill Gates gets on TV and says hundreds of thousands will die from the vaccine, but it's worth it. 
And then when people start to die of the COVID vaccine, what happens? Well, Bill Gates told you. The scientists told you people were going to die from it. So it's not really that they're responsible. They're admitting what's going to happen. They're telling you this is what's going to happen. It's an inevitability. But you're giving them permission to do it by accepting it, by not refusing it, by not resisting it. But how can you really resist anyway when the Borg from Star Trek tell you that resistance is futile? When they tell you that there's not really a thing you can do to get out of the system. People like Peter Diamandis, co-founder of the Singularity University with Ray Kurzweil from Google, said anybody who is going to be resisting the progress forward is going to be resisting evolution, and fundamentally, they will die out. It's not a matter of whether it's good or bad. It's just going to happen. That's what he said. It's going to happen. doesn't matter what you think. It's going to happen anyway. It really does sound like the Borg from Star Trek. We are the Borg. Your biological and technological distinctiveness will be added to our own resistance is futile. Or Elon Musk, who said, if you can't beat it, join it. Literally, he said, if you can't beat it, join it. If you can't control it, don't build it, would be my response. But Elon Musk is, you know, a cool guy with a hot girlfriend, and he's got a flamethrower, so we're supposed to listen to Elon Musk. He knows what he's talking about. Even though the guy, just like Ray Kurzweil and others, have warned about the 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 imminent dangers of artificial intelligence, calling it, calling it a double-edged sword, calling it like playing with fire, calling it a demon, summoning a demon, which is the subtitle of, of my book, The Technological Elixir, which deals with black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And, and so this is what I've been writing or rewriting and editing the last week fixing grammatical errors, adding new information to the book, taking the reader from the idea that technology is a tool, it's neutral, through the degrading of humanity and the promise of a life of luxury and a life of ease, better security, superhuman abilities, and of course, the ultimate goal of creating a digital sub-reality where we can plug ourselves into to escape the real world. Where all organic life is virtually replaced by synthetic life. Where the sub-realities of augmented and virtual realities become the dominant reality. And this is what I call in the book, I just added a new chapter called Marked for the Beast. And we talk about in the book, I talk about in the book, in this new chapter about what COVID-19 has been used for and take you from COVID-19 and lockdowns and contact tracing and immunity cards and passports and telling people don't have sex because it spreads the disease. That's the elimination of the orgasm from 1984. George Orwell or Eric Blair, the author of the book, for those of you who don't know, and then taking us from that into essentially what the real virus is. Now, by real virus, you might think, oh, this is a show about COVID-19. You're talking about disease again. No, I don't mean that at all. I think that it's not so much a virus that makes you sick. It's something that whatever is in the environment, something that monitors and tracks human movement. The virus is a digital monitoring system accompanied by contact tracers. It's an information bioweapon that serves binary purposes. It metaphorically represents the complex issues present within human civilization 
While talks of exterminating the virus are instead meant to relate to humans since our breath, social interactions, children, etc. are destroying the planet according to people like Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates. And since the only solutions to COVID-19 have been a cashless society, remote communication, censorship of what is considered inaccurate information, totalitarian lockdowns, cultural BDSM, vaccine passports to fly, and the rapid introduction of artificial intelligence to save the world, the true threat to humanity then is not a coronavirus, but the virus or plague of artificial intelligence and nanotechnology. And this takes us in to the subjects of smart dust and Morgellons disease and black goo and things like that. That's, that's what the overall technological elixir, as I wrote in the book, entails. That's what it details. And that's what I've been spending the last week kind of editing, re-editing, rewriting, and preparing for a second edition. You'll be able to get a copy of the book on the website at thesecretteachings.info. Or you can email me with questions at rdgable at yahoo.com. It's the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And I thought that because my mind is so uh, it's so absorbed in this text, I'm almost done with it. I've got maybe 100 pages left to edit, and then I'll upload it for publication. I'm just seeing all this stuff in context... I'm seeing the AI, I'm seeing the, the virtual world, the, the computer simulation, all these topics and ideas, and it's something that I wanted to, while it's fresh on my mind from editing, to talk about a little bit more with you tonight here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, this is The Fringe FM, you're listening to The Secret Teachings, and we'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere, stay with us. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. For all of you who supported The Secret Teachings in 2020, I want to sincerely say thank you. And to begin 2021, here in the month of Janus, the year of the Ox, and the year of Revelations, you can still subscribe to our entire show archive while getting access to the montages and all of my digital books, the old and new. You'll also get a free physical copy of one of my books shipped in the United States for free, autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe option at the top of the page. You get the archive, montages, digital books, and a physical book for only $40. You can also use this deal to renew your subscription for another year. Use the website or our PayPal email, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also use this email if you have any questions or to reach out to us for any reason. Your support helps guide the show, the network, and yourself. And we look forward to another year of The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. 
Why listen to the Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with Lighting the Void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the secret teachings. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Broadcasting somewhere between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. On The Secret Teachings, we use history and anthropology, magic and esotericism, and even a little bit of nutrition and comedy mixed with some great guests to examine our world and beyond. For 10 years, we've used occultism and symbols to bring you a unique and objective look at the past, present, and future. Join us by tuning in Monday through Friday to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, exclusively new right here on The Fringe FM, www.thesecretteachings.info. your host Ryan Gable and you're listening to the secret teachings on the fringe FM so most of you know last week I took a week off to edit my book the technological elixir for a second edition release and as as I'm editing this book and I'm just learning all this stuff that I forgot that I had written about and going back and trying to double check sources thinking that there's no way that article you know reported that or there's no way that scientists discovered that. And then I go back and I recheck the sources and lo and behold, I, you know, I came across stuff in the book because it's a huge book that I had forgotten about, like, uh, you know, things about drones or things about virtual uh, computer simulations of the real world or just, you know, quotes from scientists and things that I, I, uh, I, I wrote about and things that I forgot about but things that are very important 
and things that we can incorporate into the secret teachings when we do shows on uh, the subject of technology and artificial intelligence and simulations of uh, of the real world or the idea that our world is a simulation. I mean, all these things were addressed in my book, and I, I, I even went through and I added some new chapters to it. I reorganized the book. I, uh, I changed the font size even because the book was getting too big. So it's at font size 11 now. So I, it's probably over 500 pages if I did a, a typical uh, Times New Roman you know, 12 font or something like that. Uh, but one of the things that intrigued me in reading the book is last night I was, I was doing some editing while I was watching a TV show. And I came across this section about simulation theory. I know that this is a very popular topic. And I know that it's a very accepted topic in some scientific circles, some physicists, some general scientists, people in the tech industry, and even banks are somehow or for some reason questioning the nature of our reality. According to a 2016 Guardian article that I found in the book, I forgot about this article, several, quote, technologists and physicists believe that simulation theory will be proved just as it was proved that the Earth was not the center of the universe. The headline of the article was, Is Our World a Simulation? While some scientists say it's more likely than not. And this article is one in an ongoing series of publications from every level and institute finding fascination with this idea that we live in a simulation, that we live in a computer simulation, that this is a virtual experience. This is not the real world, per se. Now, some people get their ideas from the Matrix films. Other people may get an idea from the Matrix films, but understand that Matrix does not mean computer simulation, that the word Matrix is a very, very old word. Word It means womb, or it means an environment or material in which something develops. So a Matrix is a womb where a baby develops. That's the Matrix. And I think a lot of people don't understand that Matrix, as a title for those films represents the simulation, but a matrix is not a simulation, although a simulation can be a matrix in the sense that it is a world in which something develops. However, humans plugged into that system and serving that system as a form of currency, as a form of energy, are not really developing. So a computer simulation really can't be a matrix by definition, because a computer simulation, depending on, I guess, how it was programmed, would not really allow humans to develop, at least in a progressive, positive way. It might prevent humans from developing in some manner, or humans might develop in a negative way, negative as per what what we define as free thought and consciousness and the ability to move about and explore the world. So it's not really a matrix per se, but that's why I uh, that's why I, I bring that up because a matrix is 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 not a computer simulation. But some people think that. But other other people like 
like Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, we listen to him because he can build flamethrowers, right? We listen to him because he listen to him because he sweats on stage and he has huge dilated pupils and he's probably hooked up to machines and wires and microchips already, and because he you know he has a he has a, a girlfriend who sings about artificial intelligence in the music industry. Uh, we listen to him when he says that there's only quote a billion to one chance we're living in base reality. So there's only a billion to one chance we're living in the world that we typically perceive as the physical world that God created and, or that just simply evolved and developed. And here we are and there's no purpose or meaning to anything. So from a a religious point of view, in a sense, I guess you could call it religious from a theological point of view, science in this capacity is attempting to eliminate God so that they can eliminate everything that God's done, including creating the world So that the world can be defined as nothing more than a simple cosmic accident. Humans, nothing more than a cosmic accident. And therefore, the scientists who become the high priests in the techno-cult, in the techno-theology, in the techno-dogma, can then redesign the world in their image. And what I never understood about that, I don't know about you, but what I never understood about that is how If God is perfect, right, God is perfect, he's omnipresent, he's all-powerful, and God creates mankind, right, and mankind, according to scientists, is flawed. And therefore, the solution, as they poke fun at God, some of them believing in God or not believing in God, but as scientists poke fun at God and say, God created an imperfect species, we can make a better species— What they're basically saying is a perfect being created an imperfect being, and therefore the imperfect being, to fix the mistake of the perfect being, are going to do things that can create a truly perfect being out of an imperfect being created by a perfect being who really isn't that perfect, who's actually imperfect, meaning that God created as an imperfect being himself, according to scientists, an imperfect species that is so intelligent and so incredible Essentially, we're perfect that we can actually make it better. It makes zero sense to me, but what do I know? I just try to have some original thoughts. What makes less sense to me is why Bank of America Merrill Lynch has invested money in trying to determine if we live in a computer simulation. In 2016, Bank of America Merrill Lynch reported that there was a very high percentage of possibility that our reality is a simulation. They, they said something along the lines of what Elon Musk said, just not as drastic as a billion-to-one chance that we're living in base reality. According to an article from Business Insider, Bank of America Merrill Lynch said there's a 20-50% to 50% chance that we are living in the matrix, meaning that the world we experience as real is actually just a simulation. Well, again, the matrix is something in which something else develops. It's like, a, it's like a construct. So a simulation can be a construct, but if we're not developing as humans, it's not really a matrix, but that's just semantics. That's just messing with the definition of the word. The article says that Bank of America Merrill Lynch, the firm, cites comments by Elon Musk and Nick Bostrom's seminal paper on the issue as the basis for its 20 to 50% view. The report which is, interestingly enough, conducted by a bank, 
asserts that since we are rapidly approaching technological capabilities to run you know, our own complex simulations, then civilizations in the future, what we perceive as the future, and maybe it's even outside of our linear time construct, may have initiated our reality, may have initiated our simulation. Now, if you're, if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you've seen that episode. And there's just one reality after another reality after another reality, and they're all just inside of one another. The report says that many scientists, philosophers, and business leaders believe that there is a 20 to 50% probability that humans are already living in a computer-simulated virtual world. The argument is that we are already approaching photorealistic 3D simulations that millions of people can simultaneously participate in. It is conceivable that with advancements in artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and computing power, members of a future civilization could have decided to run a simulation of their ancestors. It's interesting. It's kind of along the lines of the Matrix films, but in that case, the world is further in the future, and the machines only build a past replica of the world at the height of human civilization in the early 21st century. They only build that structure so that humans feel as if they are always progressing in this, in this matrix system. But in fact, they're, they're stagnant, and the world is like 100-plus years in the future, but the machines do that to control humans. These researchers are suggesting a similar theory, but that it's really us in the future that created a simulation to look back at ourselves. In other words, God created us, right, in his image. We in the future created ourselves in the past to experience what we are in the present, which would be the future from our perspectives. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's basically what the the, the, the Bank of America Merrill Lynch people and other scientists and physicists are saying, that God didn't create us in our image. We created ourselves in our own image from the future, but we created the past to experience the past and the present, which is in our future. I mean, it's, it's very confusing, which I know confusion is one of the side effects of COVID-19. I promise you I'm not sick. I was not off because I was sick. Uh, I just missed some radio last week because I was editing this book, The Technological Elixir, which will be for sale on the website. It actually is for sale on the website, but the second edition, uh, I won't have copies of until probably sometime mid-February. I'm going to try to get the book finished this week, upload it, and then get the copies printed and in the mail. So if you'd like to grab a copy of this book early, uh, you can do that on the website or just use rdgable at yahoo.com uh, for PayPal. The book is $25, and if you live in the United States, I can autograph it for you. If you don't, I can still autograph it for you, but the shipping cost is a lot more if I don't just drop ship it to the UK or to Australia or wherever you might be. Uh, and if you've already purchased the book before, I'm, I'm happy to send you a, a, a free uh, updated copy of the book in PDF. So you get a free digital form if you already bought the book before. So uh, www.thesecretteachings.info is the website, and that's where you can find this. And that's what we're looking at tonight, the technological elixir. And as I was reading about this, about this simulation theory, and learning uh, some stuff that I guess I had just forgotten, uh, I was wondering, again, you know, why, why corporations and banks and 
self-proclaimed elitists are questioning the basis of our collective experience known as reality, which is the world or the state of things as they actually exist. That, that there has to be some other motivation beyond science or philosophy or societal altruism. I mean, I mean these otherwise, some, uh, I'd say, bankers, uh, some corporate heads, or, or otherwise callous and cold individuals who really don't care about anything except what energy, what currency or wealth can be extracted from, from people in service. So, why are they concerned with this simulation? Well, I have, a, I have a theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a theory. And it's based on, well, it's based on reality. It's a theory of a sub-reality or alternate reality based on the reality that we currently experience. So, consider this. A simulation is an imitation of a situation or process. Therefore, our reality, according to Bank of America Merrill Lynch and others, is purported to be an uh, an imitation, an initiation of a process that is a simulation of another reality. So, our reality is the imitation of some other simulation or some other reality. If there really are other civilizations, perhaps our own in the future, as Bank of America Merrill Lynch suggested in 2016, or if there are other civilizations that are not our own, it's likely that their ability to perhaps hijack other weaker civilizations would be possibly involve inundating them with entertainment, with promises of safety and security, with promises of becoming superhuman, with technology so incredibly awe-inspiring that it seems totally otherworldly. It's kind of reminiscent to the theme in a 1962 episode of The Twilight Zone called To Serve Man. In this television show, aliens physically landed on Earth and visited the United Nations. Now, when they got to the United Nations... They told the United Nations Assembly that they could assist humanity in their resource scarcity problem, in their energy and food production problem, etc., with advanced technology. So aliens come to Earth, they promise peace and to share technology, the same story we've heard for a hundred years. But a linguist and his team set out to translate the alien language. And they use a book whose title they deduce is To Serve Man. And in determining what the alien language is, they translate the book, which is essentially what becomes the tagline of the show. It's a cookbook. So the aliens are here to serve man, but they're not here to serve man in the sense that they want to work for us. They're here to serve us as in to make us dinner, simply put, or to serve us in the sense that they would like to make us their slaves. But they give us the book and they say, this is yours. We are here to serve you. They give us the technology or they promise us at least the technology. And when the aliens have gained our trust under the guise of protection and safety, 
along with promises of advanced technology, they begin taking humans to a world that they claim is a paradise. However, the stated goal of these beings, which is to serve man, does not really have that meaning or definition. They don't mean to help mankind. They literally want to serve mankind as a meal. And I think that we can see that there is a force, if it is not literally extraterrestrial, responsible for the seemingly blatant and immoral applications of dangerous technologies against all logic or common sense. And I see that in everyday life. Now, this may be a natural, archetypical state in evolution of society, but the nature of this system is just about as systematic and real as the aliens that wanted to serve man. Corporations, as one example, are the vehicles for this implementation of the Internet of Things, of artificial intelligence, and it's all run by you know market demand and what people want. They want new technology. So this is what corporations do. They act as the vehicle for the implementation of this technology, for the development, the production, manufacturing, and the implementation, the deployment of this technology as well as being responsible for the promises of you'll get superhuman abilities with artificial intelligence, with robots. Or you'll never have to work again. It's a utopia. Now, the transhumanists are basically the aliens. Or if they're not the aliens, they're under the control of aliens. Where they tell you, this is really bad, we don't know what we're doing The AI is too advanced, it's learning on its own, it's speaking in code, it's talking to itself, it's creating new languages, it's vastly superior to humans, but we have to keep building it. Because if we don't build it, it it, it will build itself or something. I, I I don't understand, because they tell us that AI is coming regardless of what we do. I know that's meant to mean the general public, but when you read the statements of people like Musk and Kurzweil and others... And Peter Diamandis from the, from the Singularity University, they say it doesn't matter what we do, AI is coming. So, as Elon Musk said, if you can't beat it, join it. So it's coming regardless of what you desire, what you think, what, whether or not you want to participate or already participate uh, with, in the technocracy and what's being built. So the leading transhumanists, I say, are the aliens, or at least under their control, and the masses of people... That, that buy the official reasoning for why we need such advanced forms of AI and why we need this technology are the humans that are willfully getting on the spaceship, despite warnings that to serve man really means that they want to eat you, that it's a cookbook. But you get on the spaceship because it tells you, because the aliens tell you they'll take you to utopia. Technocrats promise us that we will live in a utopia. We just have to follow them, get on the ship, and do what they say. And despite the warning, even by some technocrats, that this is dangerous, it's a cookbook, they then just they kind of twitch, and they, they start sweating, and their eyes glitch, and they tell you, but, but, we, but we have to develop it. We have to make it anyway. We have to do this. And I think it's quite erroneous and misleading and a dangerous implication that we have to develop the technology before another country develops the technology. 
So we have to develop it in the United States before China, and China has to develop it before Russia, and so on and so forth, until we find ourselves today in an AI autonomous robot arms race, which is far more advanced than anything that that we typically think of when we think of artificial intelligence or robots. The stuff that we see is advanced, but it's what was advanced 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so what, whatever you choose to think of my 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 example of uh, the the twilight zone that major corporations are the are the ufos that help to implement the technology that help to take us to the utopia transhumanists are the aliens promising to serve man and the masses of people buying the official reasoning are the humans that are willingly getting on the spaceship despite warnings of what to serve man really means it's a cookbook So regardless of what you call these entities, the reality might be more clearly defined that we're dealing with an artificially intelligent species, one that already has a hive mind and operates kind of like the Borg from Star Trek. Now these cybernetic organisms seek to assimilate all biological and technological elements with their own. They say resistance is futile. Maybe you think you're relying too much on television. You're relying too much on the Twilight Zone. You're relying too much on Star Trek. Okay, well, that's fine. But let me read you one more time what Peter Diamandis said. Anybody who is going to be resisting the progress forward is going to be resisting evolution, and fundamentally, they will die out. It's not a matter of whether it's good or bad. It's going to happen. These same people are also offering warnings about the inevitable dangers of artificial intelligence. Elon Musk said with AI, we are summoning the demon. And even Ray Kurzweil from Google, said, our thinking then will be a hybrid of biological and non-biological thinking, while warning that technology is a double-edged sword, that fire kept us warm and cooked our food, but also burnt down our houses. Every technology has its promise and peril. So in that context, he doesn't seem like a, a scary dude. And so I start thinking maybe we're dealing with some interpretation of cosmic free will and its, and its relationship to magic. And a, and a magical operation to summon a spirit or something along these lines, uh, a spirit may be called upon within a circle that acts as a protective barrier between the magician and the demon. The operation might be reversed wherein the operator stands inside of the circle, which then acts as a barrier against the same. The circle is the sacred place wherein no impurities can enter. It can only be broken if we allow for the intrusion, sometimes by deception. And so due to our free will, this AI system must deceive us into accepting our assimilation by informing us that we are already in a simulation, that we are going to become superhuman, therefore providing personal benefit. This scenario would provide a soothing remedy for any resistance by tricking the population into uploading themselves into a mere copy of the real world, which is something that's already occurring through social media and the Internet. Every text, everything that you type, every message, even if you don't send it, every email, every thought, everything that is data.
All of it. The Internet of Things, the smart technology. Perhaps the Internet itself is already conscious. It's the brain of the AI. Everything else is being constructed as crazy as it sounds by people that are influenced by this system. And influence they are regardless if it is literal influence or simply a metaphor that AI is conscious, that the internet is conscious, and that it's influencing humans. It kind of sounds like the movie Contact where plans to build this machine are being sent across deep space and then humans build it in parts like the Manhattan Project. And so regardless of what you might think of artificial intelligence or if you think that this is fear-mongering, I want you to consider that what's being proposed is a hive mind or cloud connecting every human through the Internet of Things, the IoT, and AI, and how it's not going to free us from some perceived material bondage. Instead, it'll do exactly the same. It'll do exactly what it promises, uh, promises us that we will be free from. The hive mind will enslave us in an artificially controlled virtual thinking process where all thoughts are brought into unison based on the direct, uh, directives or the dictates of whatever is in control of the system. In promising to free us from bondage, we must first be convinced that this is the state we currently exist. Then we can equate free potential with bound limitations and take the latter under the name of the former as a solution to the problem that essentially does not exist. And part of this process of uploading the brain, uploading the consciousness, is not to upload our brain, but to upload what makes us us in terms of information, in terms of data, and to place it into artificial brains, to place it into a a system controlled by artificial brains, controlled by artificial intelligence, controlled by an artificially conscious, sentient system that then is connected to the Internet of Things, connected to every computer in office buildings and dorm rooms, activated with total control of autonomous weapon systems. It, it's literally Skynet. But are we getting these ideas from the Terminator? Are we getting these ideas from the Matrix? Are we getting these ideas from the Twilight Zone or from Star Trek and Star Wars? Or are those things predictive programming? Are they already placed within the simulation to convince us that it's something that we need to willingly accept as we become, as we become more conscious of what's happening? We're going to explore this tonight on The Secret Teachings The name of the show, The Technological Elixir, Dreaming of Simulation. I'm Ryan Gable, and there's more after this. Don't go anywhere. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion... 
or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with Lighting the Void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie from the Rogie Report News, and I literally sift through hundreds of articles a week to bring you the best in Fringe News. Check out the Rogie Report News here on the Fringe FM. You can't handle the truth! For all of you who supported The Secret Teachings in 2020, I want to sincerely say thank you. And to begin 2021, here in the month of Janus, the year of the ox, and the year of revelations, you can still subscribe to our entire show archive while getting access to the montages and all of my digital books, the old and new. You'll also get a free physical copy of one of my books shipped in the United States for free, autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate subscribe option at the top of the page. You get the archive montages, digital books, and a physical book for only $40. You can also use this deal to renew your subscription for another year. Use the website or our PayPal email, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also use this email if you have any questions or to reach out to us for any reason. Your support helps guide the show, the network, and yourself. And we look forward to another year of The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. Hi, this is Dave Cruz of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, right here on The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination, where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome. To a future where our true re- reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it 
and lightning. This transmission is coming to you from the space between heaven and hell. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. your host Ryan Gable and you're listening to the secret teachings on the fringe FM a lot of people are really excited about simulation theory it's always a very popular topic and you hear about simulation theory in TV shows and movies and documentaries you hear about it from scientists engineers technologists technocrats but you also hear about it from banks Bank of America Merrill Lynch back in 2016 suggested that based on their research and based on the research of other prominent scientists, that there's a very good chance, 20 to 50% chance, that our world is a computer simulation. People like Elon Musk said that the chances are even higher that our world is the, is, is the, the simulation that there's only a one in a billionth chance, he says, that this is space reality. Now, let's set aside the percentages and the so-called predictions of what our reality really is. I just know it's a very hot topic. It's a very popular topic. We like to talk about it. We like to think about it because it's good for late-night radio, and it's, it's good for people that want to sound smart. You start talking about a simulated reality. Uh, it's almost like, we can barely figure out our reality. And so maybe we're just jumping to other realities to dismiss the fact that we can't really figure out what some of our reality is. It's it's kind of like we can't fully understand DNA, so let's just alter it and call everything that we don't understand junk. And we do the same thing with uh, with nature in general. If it's not something that we can directly use or profit in some way from we just dismiss it it's irrelevant it's useless and that's not a result of capitalism that's a result of a lack of moral maturity what i mean by all this is if we do live in a simulation then what exactly can we do to escape the simulation if a simulation was constructed either by our distant distant relatives in the future and we're just them in the past, which is really the present, their present, observing the simulation, our present in the simulation, but they are our future selves. This is what Bank of America Merrill Lynch suggested. If we are in that simulation, and somebody built that simulation, did they build it thinking that what was in the simulation could become conscious and ask these questions? Or perhaps it is just overinflated ego that leads us to these ideas. Regardless of whether or not it's our ego or if it's you know just a, a fun question to ponder, there was a CNBC article from 2016 about tech billionaires 
and how they could help us escape from the matrix or help us escape from this virtual world. Now, again, the matrix is just basically a womb. It's where something develops. If humans aren't developing in a computer simulation, then it's not really a matrix, but that only is in reference to the popular culture of movies like The Matrix or The Terminator. It's still a simulation of the real world, whatever that real world might be, whether that real world is the past from a present or future point of view, our ancestors in the future, or it's the height of our civilization like in The Matrix and the real world, time is actually a hundred years distant in the future. You're really living in the past. But this is dealing with, you know, time and the construct of time and time loops and different avenues of time, different timelines. I mean, this stuff gets really complicated. It's kind of overwhelming. And that's why I think it's just a fun topic for some people, but it's not a serious topic. But if you want to get serious about it, there are some people that are very serious about helping humanity escape from the Matrix. But maybe the question of escaping from the Matrix is the wrong question. Perhaps we should be asking, is the idea of a computer simulation figurative or is it literal? Or could it be a little bit of both? It's kind of similar when we talk about technology and AI and the IoT and sub-realities and creating a, a better world because God messed up. God's imperfect creation can create a more perfect world than the perfect creator. It's very similar to the allegory of the, of the Tower of Babel, right? Just as people gathered to build a, a tower to the heavens, allegorically representing the elevation of the material world to the heavenly spheres, perhaps this conscious intelligence or artificial intelligence will also strike us down by scrambling our languages so that we babble. In other words, it's not so much that God created the world and that we reached up to God and God struck us down. Perhaps in this scenario, we are in the simulation. The AI created the simulation. When we reach up to escape from the simulation, the AI strikes us down like God struck down humanity in the Bible and scrambled their languages to create confusion. I mean, we can already observe the rapidly deteriorating social conditions not because of politics or race or anything like that, but just because of technological usage. We can already observe the emotional numbness that so many people suffer from as a result of what I could call techno-addiction or just smart technology. We suffer from emotional numbness. We suffer from, for some people, an inability to, to fully communicate. That doesn't mean people can't talk. It just means to fully express how they feel. To go beyond the, the, the surface level. Our communication today has regressed to pictorial language, which unlike hieroglyphics, is void of complex meaning. You look at an Egyptian hieroglyphic, it's not the same as a poop emoji. All right, or vice versa of that. A poop emoji is not the same as, as an Egyptian hieroglyphic. Now, the one language and the one common speech that is talked about in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 in the Bible 
may inevitably become a better description for the hive mind that companies like Google are striving to construct. In our modern version of Babel, the world language is not only verbal, but instead represents the conscious connectivity of all humans with animals and nature. It has been all but destroyed because of minor technological applications and smart devices. In our advancements and understandings, we have perhaps recognized that our world is a simulation operated by vastly superior non-human intelligences, perhaps those we have created through the Internet. In order to maintain the status quo, this intelligence has attempted to scatter both our spiritual and emotional languages, as well as our verbal language, perhaps even using the allegory of the Tower of Babel Babel as a commonly known story to implant the acceptance of this shift through archaically programming our subconscious. I know that's a pretty deep concept, but that's where my thought process was this week when I was editing the, the Technological Elixir book. That the one language and one common speech is the result of us attempting to break out of the simulation. While in the Bible, the one common speech, the one language is God's punishment for trying to reach heaven. And there are numerous meanings to this, but in parallel to technological development, as we strive to develop technologies that can free us from the simulation or that can mimic the simulation to at least detect the simulation, our world languages are being scrambled by simple things like smart devices, making it more difficult to communicate. It's also beneficial to those with anti-human viewpoints that humans are a danger to the earth and humans should be degraded and eradicated. That's beneficial to the Terminator globalists. That's beneficial to the Terminator elitists to the people that literally say they want to eradicate large portions of the human population. I know that this topic seems like it's, it's, it's frightening, right? I mean, this is late night radio. Maybe you're hearing the show at a different time, but it's late night radio. You're in your car, in your truck, you're at home in bed, or you're listening you know, in the living room or whatever. Maybe you're listening in the background. I mean, this sounds like it's really scary stuff. And furthermore, it's not just speculative rantings. It's all based on, I guess I I should say, quote-unquote reality. It's all based on stuff that is documented. And I'm not proposing a theory that I want you to believe. I'm just saying that there are some very strong theoretical parallels between alien invasions be them extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional, interdimensional, be them demons, whatever you choose to call them. Those that want to serve man, those that want to assimilate biological and technological distinctiveness. And what is happening today with archetypical characters in the tech industry building a system that they admit themselves they cannot control and they don't understand or know where this fully goes. They just know that it's dangerous and yet they continue to do it. With those technocrats building this system almost as if they're getting information on how to do it against their own will. Others participate because it's a paycheck, because they think that they're doing something great and yes, technology 
has allowed me to sit here with this Rode Broadcasting Board and this RE20 microphone that a friend of mine gave me and this computer and broadcast to you all over the world. Technology is wonderful. But with the benefits of technology also come downsides. And although it might seem as if I'm focusing on those downsides, I'm actually focusing in the center. Because the downsides of technology have all but been totally ignored by the established technocratic elite who want to use technology to form a technocracy in order to have full-spectrum dominance of the entire planet. From satellites in the sky, like Elon Musk is putting up to broadcast the Internet, just like drones and, and, and Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook and others wanting to do that, it's literally creating a net of satellites in the sky. In the macrocosm of the human being, connected to the microcosm, which is the Neuralink. So the Skylink and the Neuralink literally create a blanket of information in the sky, creating a digital subreality and an actual Skynet. Reality mimics art. Art mimics reality. You can say that some art, some movies, some ideas, some concepts are predictive programming for what humans know is coming. Others would say that that information was channeled, that it, it was more of a prophecy, and that's what we're seeing happening. People make that same argument with the Bible. But whatever it is, there's no doubt that even if those things gave us the idea, they were purely imaginative and they gave us the idea to build these systems, it's still here, it's still happening. And it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to be frightened of. It's something that we should recognize and something that we should, if we would like to see the system fail, stop participating in. Now, I know it gets harder and harder to do that. For example, myself, I've got a very, 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 very old iPhone. And I don't have to have a phone, but if I don't have a phone, then I can't communicate with my son's mom to get my son I'm unable to communicate if my part-time job needs me or if I have an issue, I'm going to be late or something. I'd be less able to check my emails. I get hundreds of them a week from, from listeners and from you know, other people that send me things that I, for radio's sake, need to, need to examine. I mean, it would, I could do it, but it would make life far more difficult. And that's the catch. And so now, with my phone being so old, I kind of need to get a new phone. It's dying. I, the button at the top, even though I take really great care of it, the button at the top doesn't work. Um, Hope had to show me how to access the settings and get that little white dot on the iPhone so you can press it and do things on the screen rather than with the physical buttons. I didn't know how to do that. So I've resorted to that. And, I, and I'm looking to, to get a new phone. I'm definitely not paying retail. I was looking on a website called Swappa. Uh, that Joe Roop showed me. And it's like, I can afford a $200 phone, but I don't really want to buy an iPhone. I don't really want to buy a smart device. But if I don't buy it, I'm not going to be able to, to do this show in the same way. Like, that phone connects me to, you know, guests. It connects me to on-the-go information where I find articles and get ideas during the day to do a show. I could do it without it, but it's a very important device, a very important piece of technology to do this radio show. 
Maybe I'm just addicted to it, and I'm not fully conscious of that. I don't know, but it's very hard to distance oneself and to disconnect and to unplug from the system. I'm just telling you that because I get it. I understand. Except it doesn't frighten me. It doesn't really scare me. It's just kind of eerie. Like if I go outside at night and it's a full moon and the wind's kind of blowing, there's a chill in the air and you know maybe it's the fall or the winter and all the leaves are off the trees and you it just it's kind of eerie. It's because of the electricity in the atmosphere. It's because of things that are provable through science that it feels that way. That's why it literally feels eerie. It's like when you go into a church and all the energy, you can feel the energy, you can feel the vibration, a Buddhist temple, whatever, wherever it might be. It doesn't mean that you're scared. It just means that you can feel the energy. It doesn't mean that you're you're reaching nirvana, you know, because you go into a Buddhist temple and feel that energy. It just means you can feel it. So it's not that I'm scared. It's just that it's eerie and that it's scary to be faced with the types of technological advances that we're seeing. And it's, if I had to say something was more scary, it's some people's inability to grasp the fact that observing a phenomena does not mean that you are supporting it or rejecting it in some capacity. And so I tried to write in my book, The Technological Elixir, that technology is a tool that there are great benefits, but here are the downsides. And do the downsides outweigh the benefits, or the benefits outweigh the downsides? It's really left up to you to decide, but I also put a parapolitical, paranormal, demonological, and occult spin on it. So once you finish reading The Technological Elixir, you can move on to Occult Arcana, and maybe have a better understanding of of where that information in Occult Arcana is going to take you. So I've kind of written all my books like that. Food philosophy takes us from food to health and medicine into environmental issues, which take us into technology, which take us into replacing organic life with synthetic life. And then that takes us into the symbolism of it and the occultism of it, which takes you into Occult Arcana. That's how I, I wrote the books. And those books, to me which essentially are part of my life's work here on radio. They are storehouses of information to help people. It's not meant to frighten you or to scare you. It's not a Stephen King novel. It's meant to help you. My book, Food Philosophy, shows you how to read labels. It shows you documented evidence of things that otherwise have been written off as either conspiracy, conspiracy theory, or they've been totally accepted by people and The information has been taken out of context, which further demeans the source of the information, particularly on germ theory and the theories of diseases. So I put the raw data in the book. It's meant to help you. I put the raw data about climate change in the book. It's meant to help you. I look at the psychology of words and how words are used and etymology, how words are used to manipulate, to trick, to deceive. It's meant to help you. In the technology book, it's meant to show you that all the things that we see as not connected are truly connected. And not only are they connected uh, unofficially, officially they're connected 
to the Internet of Things, your smartphone, your tablet, your computer, television, all these things that we just don't typically think of, they're all connected. They're all part of the same system. And they all make uh, privacy and liberty extinct or virtually non-existent. They make us subhuman. And they trap us in a world where we're promised we will be more free when in fact we become more enslaved. Or at least we become enslaved by that system, in that system, when before we were not enslaved, we were actually free, but we're told we're enslaved. Freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. From Orwell's 1984, War is Peace. Freedom is slavery, so to escape the slavery, we can't have freedom. And in order to have freedom, you have to have slavery. So go into the slavery system, go into the technocracy, and you will be saved. You will be protected. Everything will be better. Everything will be fixed. Technology is no different than pharmaceutical drugs or vaccinations or alcohol or any other kind of drug, right? Any kind of illicit drug. I mean, yeah, people do drugs or drink alcohol to have experiences, but you take psychedelic drugs to have experiences to, 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 to actually learn things, right? Ayahuasca or whatever it might be, magic mushrooms, to, to have experiences, to learn things, to explore, to expand. But other people do it to restrict themselves. Other people do it to numb themselves. You numb yourself with alcohol. You numb yourself with various kinds of drugs. You numb yourself with television. You numb yourself with video games. Doesn't mean those are all bad things, but we numb ourselves with them. And that's the general consensus. We are numbing ourselves constantly and consistently, repetitively, so we don't have to experience reality. That is not freeing. That is restrictive. That is enslaving. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can recognize that what the technocracy promises us to keep us safe and to protect us and all the things that we're told are really meant to serve us are not meant to serve us. And the spaceship doesn't take us to a utopian world. It takes us to a slaughterhouse. It's meant to eradicate the soul and the spirit, to extinguish the fire that is in the heart at least the spark of it is, of all men and women and children. It's meant to extinguish that fire, and it's meant to prevent the fire from even being lit by extinguishing the spark. Technology can provide us with incredible advances, luxuries, conveniences, safety, security, at least the perception thereof, and entertainment. But billion and trillion dollar companies and billionaires and Elitists are not spending all that money to provide you with more safety and security. They're not spending that money to provide you with better entertainment or faster downloads. They're doing it to create a virtual reality, a virtual sub-reality, a digital sub-reality that they can control. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM.
could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, and join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. For all of you who supported the secret teachings in 2020, I want to sincerely say thank you. And to begin 2021, here in the month of Janus, the year of the ox, and the year of revelations, you can still subscribe to our entire show archive while getting access to the montages and all of my digital books, the old and new. You'll also get a free physical copy of one of my books shipped in the United States for free, autographed if you'd like. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe option at the top of the page. You get the archive montages, digital books, and a physical book for only $40. You can also use this deal to renew your subscription for another year. Use the website or our PayPal email, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also use this email if you have any questions or to reach out to us for any reason. Your support helps guide the show, the network, and yourself. And we look forward to another year of The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. You are hearing the sound between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with Lighting the Void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the fringe fm want more of the fringe check out the fringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows also don't forget to check out the fringe mobile app 
or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, the New York Times bestselling author of Crossfire, Rule by Secrecy, Rise of the Fourth Reich, and my latest one, Our Occulted History. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. your host Ryan Gable and you're listening to the secret teachings on the fringe FM if you'd like to contact the show you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and check out our website at the secret teachings that's www.thesecretteachings.info for those of you who missed last week's series of radio shows on the fringe here. You may not have known that The Secret Teachings was re-aired throughout the week. Tonight is my first live show in a, in a week or so. Spent most of my time editing my book, The Technological Elixir, and preparing it for a second edition release. And if you're interested in the book, if you already have a copy of it, I'm happy to send you a free copy of the updated digital file. If you'd like to grab uh, an updated re- a copy of it before it even is printed, um, I can reserve those copies so I know how many, how many of them to print, and then it doesn't take as long to get there. Um, if you pre-ordered now, I could probably get it to you sometime, hopefully sometime uh toward the third week of this month because I'm going to finish this book really soon. I'm almost done with it. Finish it, get it uploaded, get it printed. Uh, So if you have any interest in grabbing a copy of the new book, which includes a new section on COVID-19 technocracy, it includes a section on UFO cults and updates on everything else, lots of information jam-packed, including a new section on QAnon as a a self-organizing collective intelligence or an AI uh, system, a bot, which I've maintained for five years is what it was and what it seems to have turned out to be uh, in, in, in large capacity, not all of it, but in most of most of the stories about QAnon, that's what it seems to uh, actually be is that kind of a system. So all that's in the book. If you're interested, it's $25 us that's with free shipping in the U S and it's autographed. If you'd like just visit PayPal and use the email RD Gable at yahoo.com and then just type a note of what address and if you'd like me to sign it with anything specific or you can go to the website thesecretteachings.info click on the book tab 
for the Technological Elixir, and you can order a copy there. Any orders that come in from here, February 1st on out, will be of the brand new second edition. And if you get your orders in soon for the second edition, you'll, you're going to get them a lot sooner. So I don't have to order them, get them in, and then you buy them. And then it's going to take weeks to, to send them out, uh, depending on where you are, especially if you live overseas. So if you're interested in the book, send me an email if you have questions or if you have any thoughts or um, anything that you want to share with me. It's the Technological Elixir, www.thesecretteachings.info. And uh, I've pointed this out a few times. It's essentially the second book in a, in a three-part series, which essentially overviews what The Secret Teachings as a radio show is all about. Takes us from food and health and disease theory into climate change and geoengineering, and, and, and that takes us into technology Simulation theory, virtual uh, simulations, artificial realities, artificial hive mind brains, uh, uh, artificial systems of, of consciousness. It, it takes us into the music industry, black goo, transhumanism, technocracy. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. There's so much information in this book. And then that takes us into occult arcana. So it's a three-part series, essentially, and information can always be added to it. So that's what I'm doing with the technological elixir. Again, it should be finished by the end of this week. And in looking through the book, I, you know, I looked through it and I found things that I had forgotten about. Uh, mostly pertaining to simulation theory and the idea that the Internet is already conscious, that the Internet is already aware, and that the Internet itself is kind of like, and this was what I've added to the book, uh, in a couple of different ways, that the Internet is kind of like the brain of the technocratic system. Uh, it's the brain of Skynet. It's uh, the brain of this artificial construct, this sub-reality. And things like the artificial intelligence itself that's being created is feeding that brain as kind of like the intellect of this system. And we know that machines like robots from the actual Terminator movie are in essence real. These kinds of machines are real and they've been developed by companies like Boston Dynamics, by DARPA, by the Department of Defense and others. And this is just what the public sees. It's just what the public sees. It's not what is necessarily happening, you know, in the most classified military programs. See, we're told something is happening, and then 20 years from now, we see the application of that, or 10 years from now, we see the application of that. What we're seeing the application of now in the public arena was what was really science fiction 10, 15, 20 years ago. And science fiction today is increasingly becoming reality tomorrow, not in 10 or 15 or 20 years. Scientists have developed liquid metal, liquid microchips, liquid circuits, biohybrid robotics, cybernetics, Neuralink systems like Elon Musk has, which is the microcosm of the technocratic control over the human population, through the net of satellites in the sky, a literal Skynet blasting Wi-Fi 
over the entire planet, creating a microwave subreality of the real world that we can plug into, according to Samsung, with 6G technology, which is run by machines, according to Samsung's own white papers, officially, by Samsung's own admission, and not even admission, but like their, their praising and their, and their joyousness that this 6G subreality will be controlled by AI, by machines, and we will be subject to it in the sense that we can experience replicas of the real world. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the very, very near future, the very near present, we start hearing things like, our reality is so bad. Politics, social issues, civil unrest, disease, famine, pollution, homelessness, and so on and so forth, that the only way to live a happy, fulfilling life is to plug in to the Samsung system, to plug in to the simulation, which was just a theory before, but now it's real. It was just a theoretical application, a theoretical idea of a future civilization creating this reality to experience itself like God creating man to experience himself or itself, whatever you want to call it, plugging into that system to think that it's going to free us from the horrible things in our world when in fact it enslaves us and it's the checkmate, the closing of the trap that prevents us from ever being human again. It is beyond singularity. It is beyond a point of no return. And for me, personally, the absurdness of this is that it's because of an excessive usage of technology that communication between humans has become more difficult despite social apps and texting and phone calls. That human relationships have become strained to the point of breaking and to the point where some people don't want relationships at all with anybody or anything except computers and phones and machines. Where humanity has been reduced to a biological thing that is nothing more than organic matter that can be made malleable to a synthetic system that will overlay and override the organic world. And technology has cultivated an environment in which that has become the dominant reality. When we disconnect from what we already are connected to, the world really isn't that bad of a place. You disconnect from the media, you disconnect from the black mirrors of your television screens and computers and tablets and phones, and the world becomes more peaceful. It's not as violent. When we disconnect from these systems, things don't get worse, they get better. But because we're so connected to the systems, the blame is being placed not on the system, it's being placed on the outside world that will justify then more integration into the system, which is responsible for deteriorating social conditions at minimal which lead us to focus even more strongly on more technological applications. As the cycle continues, we eventually get to the point where technology has made the world so great in some ways, but so horrible in others, 
We only focus on the greatness that we see that all of our problems that have been created by technology are not actually created by technology. They're created by the human element. And therefore, to save the human element, it's very counterproductive and confusing, to save the human element, we must remove the human element by saving it in a computer simulation that can be then controlled by machines and AI and 6G and technocrats and elitists and so on and so forth. But these are the same people that openly have anti-human sentiment and don't want humans to exist at all, at least in large numbers. And the ones that do exist, they want them to be a form of currency, a form of worker, a form of slave to serve the system of elitists like the movie Elysium. People like Klaus Schwab and others. That's what the Great Reset or the Great Leap Forward Part 2 is all about. And so you have to think, do billion-dollar companies that collectively make money that isn't even money, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, that have arguably more resources or at least as much or more data than national security agencies of any country, any intel agency, that have all this power, all this wealth, and they're investing all of it alongside of their anti-human sentiment and their desire to push extremist ideological political cults, they're investing it to make downloading music or movies faster so that you can stream Netflix. It's more for a more smooth experience. You, know? you don't want that thing to buffer. To connect to the internet and to browse, make it easier. To make your life more convenient. Have you ever tried to get on the phone with Google or Apple or some company and get like a refund, right? You can't get a refund from most of these companies. And if you do, it's six months, eight months. Rarely you can get a refund in a shorter amount of time. Or you can speak to somebody who's actually helpful. And these are the same companies that you think are investing trillions of dollars to make your life easier. They won't even knock 35 cents off your power bill if it was admittedly their mistake, you know, it's the same ideology. You know, it's the same, it's, it's the same cult-like mindset, the same attitude. Power companies that install smart meters that they know are dangerous, that they know allow for entry into the privacy of the home through other smart devices, through smart bulbs and phones and kitchen appliances, etc. Devices they know overcharge for time of usage but it's okay because it's smart, so it can't be wrong. Those are the same companies that when you call them and tell them, I'm not paying for this installation fee, and generally speaking, if you tell them I'm not paying, you know, you opt out, therefore they don't charge you. If you try to get a refund for something after you paid it, you can't get that money back. You think that company cares? You think Google cares? Facebook cares? Facebook is designing technology to read your thoughts. Well, but it's to make it an easier social media experience so you can post your thoughts randomly to facebook well what happens if some thoughts are censored can you not express your thoughts if certain thoughts on social media are censored facebook is a company that wants to control the flow of information under the guise of security and protection and got to protect people from false information they want to secure that information they want to have have a, have a monopoly on information and on data and this is the same company that is inventing technology to read your thoughts so they can extract them in real time what happens when the two collide? When extracting your natural innate thoughts in real time clash 
with, we don't like those thoughts, we're censoring them. You're talking about mind control and social control and, and, and brain manipulation on a level that goes beyond anything you've seen in science fiction. You think these big companies are investing this money to save the world? You think these big companies are investing this money to make your life easier? You think these big companies are investing all this money because, you know, Greta Thunberg said, how dare you, right? I think I have that sound clip. How dare you? How dare you? You think they're investing money because they want to save the environment? No. They are, at least the ideology of these companies and these people, is that humans are bad, there needs to be a post-industrial, post-human world, and that it can be replaced with machines and robots and AI. And the few humans that are left that are in this system can be the fuel to power the system. And they can be integrated and assimilated into a singularity, into a simulation, into a world that through their own acquiescence, through their own acceptance, without reading the terms and, and, and service agreement, they accept, they participate in willingly without knowing what they're participating in, and they become the driving force to create the system that further enslaves them under the promise of freeing them. And within that system that they built with all their data, they become nothing more than the shadows of their digital selves as the body and the mind and the soul and the spirit are extinguished but copied and poorly replicated in this virtual world. I'm supposed to think in the same way that billion-trillion-dollar companies want to make your life easier when you can't even get a refund for their mistake on your bill, I'm supposed to think that these same companies want to build a world that makes it easier for us to function in and makes life more convenient and entertaining. I don't think so. I'm supposed to think that this, at least the idea of it, is very human it's very archetypical, and it's a very natural form of evolutionary process. Unless they know something we don't know about past human civilizations that grew to this level and then were extinguished, it seems like that is an erroneous, implicating idea that this is a natural thing to develop in this capacity, when in fact it's very alien to human progress, evolution, and development. And it's the very alien side of this that makes me think that artificial intelligence, AI, whatever it is, where it came from, how it was developed, the various forms of it, are at, very, at the very minimal, they are alien in nature, they are extraterrestrial in nature to some degree. It's like they're not from here, they're otherworldly. And it's not just figurative, it's also literal. It's both. And that what is being built is a system in which there is no escape from a system in which humans are the virus, humans are to be eradicated, humans need to wear masks, humans need to degrade themselves for the planet, degrade themselves to save the world, eliminate themselves to save the world, social distance and get a vaccine that doesn't work according to Pfizer and according to Merck who stopped making the vaccine because they said just get sick and get better, it's better than the vaccine. A world in which Reality is upside down. 
where an upside-down world is created as a mere reflection of the real world, and we are subject to it, we are inserted into it, without our knowing. The good news is, after tonight's show, and if you've read my book, The Technological Elixir, or you've listened to The Secret Teachings before, I'm making you aware of it. I'm showing you what's happening. There's no excuse now not to refuse to participate in this system and to refuse to participate to build and construct what becomes the technocratic Elysian Elysium Society. There's no excuse now. You know you have the information. That's why it's empowering. That's why it's not negative. That's why it's not dark and depressing and I just need to you know I just need the disconnect from reality. It's the disconnection from reality and from hard thoughts and hard answers that makes life so difficult. When we address them and stand up to them, things start to make more sense. That's the only way we can overcome the darkness is by facing it. And beyond that, I don't see it as dark. I see it as empowering because it gives us the magical wand to direct our will rather than letting AI and machines and technocrats direct it for us. I'm giving you the magic wand. I'm giving you the tools. I'm giving you the information. These are the secret teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info, and facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. I hope that you have a really great night. I appreciate you listening to the show, tuning into The Fringe, staying with us last week while I edited my book and didn't have a new show. Thank you for supporting us and helping to keep us on air. Your donations, your books uh, that you buy, and the subscriptions really do support this show and allow us to do what we do five nights a week. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.